Welcome, everybody, to episode 68 of This Week in Marvel, the official Marvel podcast of Marvel.com. I am Marvel.com editor Ben Morse, and this is a special Valentine's Day edition of This Week in Marvel. Uh, Valentine's Day is not taking place yet for us, but for you, you are no doubt listening to this late because you're probably out on a romantic excursion. Uh, we've got a special lineup today as Ryan Panagos is in the Marvel Creative Summit, so he cannot be with us. Fortunately, I have a dream team of replacements drafted up, beginning with the in-dress attire uh, southern gentleman who is sitting across from me. The replacement associate producer Blake Garris. No, you're the permanent associate producer. You're the replacement on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Joined by another replacement. (laughs) Social media coordinator, Carrie Fialo. That's right. We've got the... (laughs) There's a lot of action today. A lot of action here. (laughs) Love is in the air here in the Marvel offices. You guys excited for Valentine's Day? Not really. Sure. Wow, all right. So cool. We've got a lot of excitement, and uh, we're just going to get right to it. Here on the podcast, we cover everything that's coming out in comics from print to digital to news. Uh, We also get into movies and TV with our good friend Mark Strong. Now, that's a guy who knows about romance. Uh, Stromy Casanova Strom is going to be bringing us all the stuff on movies and TV. We're going to talk video games. We're going to talk toys. And we're going to take your questions, which you can get to us on Twitter using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. It's the quickest way to get to us. But as always, we begin with the comics on sale this week, which we're going to run down. And the first one out of the gate is Age of Apocalypse number 12, which appropriately for this Valentine's Day episode, which I'm just like forcing so badly, uh, we've got Weapon X, Wolverine, Weapon Omega, and Jean Grey making out on the cover of Age of Apocalypse number 12, written by David Lapham, art by Renato Arlem. This is the culmination of a year's worth of stories with the exterminated going up against Weapon Omega. They have their secret weapon in Jean Grey. They are looking to take him out once and for all. In this issue, we see the fallout of their actions and whether or not Apocalypse, the Apocalypse power in Age of Apocalypse has chosen another host who is going to rise up to, pr- to fill the potential power vacuum left by Weapon Omega's fall and what will be next for the Twisted Heroes as they head into extermination. Next up, we've got Avengers Arena number four, written by Dennis Hopeless, art by Alessandro Vitti. This time, we've got something a lot of people have been waiting for a spotlight on the Runaways characters, uh, specifically Chase and Nico. It's told from Chase's perspective. Chase and Nico are trying to survive on Murder World. They come into contact with some of the Avengers Academy students who they had met before. And we an attempt at an alliance is formed. It doesn't necessarily go well. It's teen angst. It's teen drama. Chase, great character. A lot of people love him. You really get inside his head here and find out how he feels about himself, how he feels about his life, and a little more insight into what's going on on Murder World. Avengers Assemble, number 12, written by Kelly Sue DeConnick, art by Pete Woods, making his return to Marvel. Very exciting there. This is the first chapter of The Widow's Ledger, which sees some secrets from the Black Widow's past. Basically, she's kept a list of everyone she screwed over back when she was a nasty Soviet spy. And if they ever want something from her, basically, she has to go in and say, hey, I'm sorry, let me do you a favor. She has to do one particularly nasty favor here. Hawkeye and Spider-Woman get drawn into it. It's a great dynamic because Hawkeye and Spider-Woman are dating, and Hawkeye used to date Black Widow. So there's a lot of banter. There's a lot of fun. There's some action. And there are crazy crocodile lizard creatures. So it's basically a recipe for ultimate success. And this is going to only get better. Kelly Sue DeConnick's been doing a great job on Avengers Assemble. Again, I'm really excited to see Pete Wood's art back at Marvel. Okay, next we have Cable and X-Force number four, written by Dennis Hopeless, art by Salvador La Roca. And speaking of Valentine's Day, Ben, this comic... Good job, Carrie. Yeah. You get a bonus. Yeah. This comic made me fall in love with Colossus. Oh, my God. Aww. He... Bonus denied. No. I always liked that character, but now I really, really like him. Um, like, like, like him? I, I don't know. I have to send him a note. 
during class. Cool, he's a fictional character. Anyway, um, so Capel on X-Force number four. This starts out at the uh, Eat More food processing plant where, if you remember, uh, Cable on his X-Force team has basically slaughtered the factory workers because of prophetic... Uh, prophetic? Yeah, that's how you pronounce it. Prophetic visions that Cable had of a mutant germ basically getting out and wreaking havoc. So they wanted to stop it before that happened. But things did not go exactly according to plan, and right now we have these giant, gross, disgusting, mutated factory workers that are horrifically gross-looking and that um, they're attempting to kill. Nothing's working, and Dr. Nemesis is attempting to find a cure. Again, things don't go exactly according to plan. And I really love this comic because I love the X-Force team here. I think every character has a really great moment to shine. Every character is, you know, really dynamic and three-dimensional. Cable is a great leader, but... um, you know, you see him making the really tough decisions that, you know, Colossus doesn't want him to make, although it's for the benefit of mankind, basically. Uh, if you don't like germs like me or if you're neurotic about them, this comic's a little difficult to read, but it's so much fun and it's just so exciting that uh, it's just, you'll handle all the grossness. It's, it helps, definitely. I loved it. So, And you'll fall in love with Colossus like I did. I like how you say mutant. You say like mutant. Mutant. You sound like Rosie Perez. Okay. Do you know who Rosie Perez yes, is? Yes, I know who Rosie Perez is. It's cool. I like it. Really? Yeah. Are you, not, are you making fun of me right no. now? I like your accent. Thank you. I can't tell when Ben's being sincere. Anywho. Anywho, moving along. Next up, we got Dark Tower of the Gunslinger, Shimi's Tale, number two of two, written by Robin Firth, art by Richard Eisenhoff. This continues original stories from Stephen King's Dark Tower universe. This time, focusing specifically on Shimi, one of the characters from the previous books. You got a nice wrap here, and you've got beautiful art by Richard Eisenhoff, who has really evolved greatly on this book. And if you haven't been checking it out, uh, this is a good time to check in. This is a nice two-issue series that kind of gets you on board, and it'll get you ready for the next Dark Tower saga. Next up, Fantastic Four, number four, written by Matt Fraction. <laughs> you like that. You like that, don't you? Art by... Mark Bagley. And speaking of Valentine's Day... Uh, Good job, Blake. This is literally a love letter to Sue Storm from... Uh, Reed. Reed. Yeah, from Reed Richards. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking so much about how much I love this book. Um, it really is great. Like The thing is, if you've been keeping up with this story, he has been... Reed's been kind of lying to his entire family and immediate everyone about why he's on a journey and it's starting to get to him and he's starting to realize what he could lose if you know people see that he's you know in this vicious web of lies and it ends up being like he starts writing a story to his wife a letter to her about his love for her and it's very touching and then it just gets crazy at the end and yeah, you have to, if you are, if you want to read a comic on Valentine's Day, this is what I would say to read. And what else happens with the aliens and all um, that Oh, right, right. There are um, some aliens who kind of also fall in love with Sue Storm, and you think there's this cosmic thing that brings them all together, but it isn't. Yeah. There's it's a more lies. There's a tw- more lies. <laughs> So this basically sums up your Valentine's yeah. Day. Love and lies. But no, it's a great, like, this book shows why Reed loves yeah. her so much. It is a very pretty book. Yeah. And jumping off of Valentine's Day, uh, for a moment, we're going to go over to Blake's All Ages Corner. I'm sure he has hearts and various decorations up in the corner, and it's not creepy and inappropriate at all. Right. Take it away, Blake. All right. Hello, everyone, and children, specifically. Uh <laughs> We have Marvel Universe Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, number 11. Two stories, one written by Joseph Keating uh, with art by Tim Levins, and secondly, the wonderful Frank Thierry that we're all friends of, and I don't know why he's writing a kid's book. Yeah. But it's great. doesn't make much sense, but he gets it done. Speaking again of Valentine's Day, (laughs) there's a great story here of love and friendship, where Hercules and Thor... 
are basically good buddies who just like to wrestle around and destroy everything, especially buildings and things, and it's very funny. And there's not really a villain here except for their two. They're just there's just hijinks. Two friends getting along, and they have to find a bigger person to stop them. So check that out. Uh, there's a Fury Vials here as always uh, with Hawkeye, and this second story is about Captain America, and it's pretty deep. It shows like what would what if Captain America just hadn't become. Captain America, he he went old age, had a family, and... Is that Sleepwalker? Yeah, Sleepwalker. Holy crap. Yeah. Animated so, Sleepwalker. Um, it kind of it tells you wh- where he w- what he would do with his life if he had the choice to j- not be Captain America, and uh, the answer will astound you. If Tim Stevens is still listening to this, which we haven't heard from him in months, so I assume he doesn't. Yeah. He'd be really excited that there's a Marvel Universe animated series version of Sleepwalker. That's good. He loves that character. And there's a mini hoax thing, which is always fantastic. Yeah. Next up, we have Scarlet Spider number 14, written by Christopher Yost, art by Koi Pham. Um, the uh, Scarlet Spider is dead, or is he? And he's fighting some... Uh, what do, we didn't decide on what they were called last time. They were oh, like the Lobos. Yeah, the Lobos. Los but we Lobos. didn't have. That's Werewolves. all right. <laughs> oh, Whoa. 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 Guys, we've just been joined by Ryan Panagos and um, Rick Remender. Get that. Oh wait, no, sorry. It's it's Sam Humphrey. Why you gotta be like that? Hey, Y'all hey. just got crash. How you doing? What's up? What's up? What's going on? You didn't write anything this week. <laughs> yeah, what's the deal? <laughs> I got, I can't do everything. Why did you do this wrong? I can't yeah. do all yeah. the books. Why aren't Jeez. any of your books out this week? I don't have anything out this week. Yeah. That, that's that's bull. Did you ghostwrite that's any of bull. these uh, all, all, Well, all the good ones. Yeah? Yeah. They're all good. They're all Marvel comics. Well, then yeah. I, I ghostwrote them all. Yeah. Sam's in town because of the Marvel Creative Summit, and I'm sitting in on it, and so we decided to barge in on the podcast during yeah. a 10-minute break where everyone's going to go pee and we'll probably won't be able to pee because the line will be too long anyway. Yeah, you've got a giant thing of coffee in we your hand it. and you're yeah, missing your pee. Yeah, oh, no. I, this is a horrible yeah. mistake. Ten minute break means 20 minute break, so we'll be fine. So what's going on, gents? You having fun in there? Yeah, the, this is my first Marvel Creative Summit. It's yeah. been very exciting. we got uh, all of editorial pretty much in the room. and yep. uh, got myself and Matt Fraction and... Uh, Jonathan Hickman and Brian Michael Bendis, Kieran Gillen, Rick Remender, Dan Slott, Chris Yost. Who am I, who am I missing? I don't want to leave anyone out. Leave them out. I, I, yeah, screw yeah, them. A, yeah, they don't. But it's exciting. You get to hear all the plans for uh, what's coming up in the next year and a half Jason for Marvel Aaron. Comics. Jason Aaron, oh, thank man. you. Oh, man, what's your deal with Jason Aaron? Uh, yeah, we got, B, we got big B, yeah, we got seriously. mad B. No, it's not cool what happened between us. <laughs> um, but... Uh, they, no, it's a, it's, it's mind blowing hearing all the plans, all the things that are coming up. The Age of Ultron stuff is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about is Don't pretty say awesome. More. The stuff I'm not allowed to talk about after that is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. They haze you or anything? Oh yeah, yeah. mad hazing, mad hazing. But I expected that, you yeah. know. Yeah, I'm the freshman now. They don't do that to anyone, so. No, oh. it's weird. <laughs> they said these were Stan's yeah, rules. No, no they never. promised me that Stan decreed yeah. that it must be like this. Yeah, no. They made that up. That's really weird. Yeah. Who's who was doing mm-hmm. Stan's voice then? That's that's I don't messed know. up. That's messed up. I mean, up. it might have been Stan. He was probably in on it. <laughs> <laughs> Stan's always had it out for him. Yeah, he has a grudge with you. <laughs> oh, that's Sam Humphreys. Yeah. He doesn't think you write Uncanny X-Force the way he did. Well, <laughs> when he created he's correct. It, he <laughs> <laughs> that would be accurate. Yeah. An accurate assessment of my writing. Very much so. Did you guys finish your books yet? No. Still... We're getting through there. We're uh, we're right at... Blake was just in the middle of Scarlet Spider trying to figure out what we call these werewolves. Los Lobos. Lobos. That's what I said. Los oh. Lobos. And he's taking offense. And hopefully some of our listeners will be Short Circuit 2 fans and will know the Los Lobos song from Short Circuit 2. Nice. Because that's the only thing they did. Los Lobos <laughs> have a long yeah. storied career. Yeah. Multiple Grammy winners. No, no, no. no not, not Los Lobos. Oh. There's a gang in Short Circuit 2. <laughs> 
call Los Lobos. I'm pretty sure they're the same thing. Yeah, yeah tell us more about the band Los Lobos. <laughs> I don't even know about them, but I know you can't just dismiss them as the guys on the Short Circuit 2 soundtrack, which apparently they're not even that. Yeah. Yeah. What's going on? All right, we got to right. go back. Yeah, go, um, go get that. Y'all just got crashed. Yeah. Oh, how's it feel? How's it feel? Get your creative summit on, boys. He cursed. Go be creative. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye, bye Sam. Bye, Ryan. Bye. Save we'll talk to y'all later. We'll answer next week. Well, that was disruptive. It was. I'm sorry. That ha- I'm sorry you guys had to go through that. Um, Anywho. Anyways, um, you can read Sam's comics, uh, Uncanny X-Force, and Ultimate Comics Ultimate. It's not this week, but other weeks. So we have Scarlet Spider. Yes. <laughs> and uh, he's uh, Kane's getting his brain manipulated, and he's seeing all these visions of all these people in his past. He's driving him crazy. Um, he's He could be dead. I already said that. I already teased it, and it's not. Sorry, you got thrown off by yeah. the invasion. And uh, you kind of see this backstory of his that just is just dark and terrible, and he has to end up making a choice with his life because he's been trying to be good for so long when he was so bad in the past. He's trying really hard to you know make things right, and um, he has to make a decision uh, which is going to change a lot of things, and it's going to be crazy and to the next couple issues. Cool. Over into Secret Avengers number one, new Marvel Now series launching from Nick Spencer and Luke Ross. If you have been waiting for a Black Ops spy book in the Marvel Universe, wait no longer. This is it. I've heard a lot about this. I was really excited to see how the execution actually goes. And this is cool. It's a trippy book. It's one of those things where the narration uses multiple timelines. There's a lot of secrets involved, hence the title. You learn things before the characters do. You then learn that some of the things you thought were true weren't true. It works on a lot of different layers. The focus here is that Hawkeye and Black Widow are on a mission in Budapest with the new Nick Fury. They are sent there by S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not totally clear why they're there. It's not totally clear what they're up to. But throughout the issue, we flash back, find out how they got looped into this new Secret Avengers initiative, which involves memory control, involves mind wipes, a lot of shady dealings. Uh, Agent Coulson's involved, and Maria Hill's involved, Daisy Johnson's involved. The infrastructure of S.H.I.E.L.D. is evolving throughout this book, and we really get a glimpse into how Hawkeye and Black Widow fit into this world that they're somewhat familiar with, with Black Ops, with S.H.I.E.L.D., but also how, as superheroes, as Avengers, things are a little weird for them. It's got action, it's got intrigue, it's got great art by Luke Ross, and if you're a fan of the Avengers movie, all these characters are Avengers movie characters, you get to see them in kind of a new light. I really enjoyed the setup, I really enjoyed the premise, I'm enjoying how Nick Spencer is pulling it all together. And the end is a bit of a shocker, but there's shockers throughout the whole issue. It's, it's one of those ones you can read one time, and then you're going to have to read it two or three more times to kind of see how it all fits. We're going to have more characters next issue. Taskmaster's coming in. Hulk's coming in at some point. This is going to be a series to watch. I am very intrigued by this. Next up, we've got Ultimate Comics X-Men number 22, written by Brian Wood, art by Carlo Barberi. This comic starts off with the return of Husk to Utopia and the tension arising between the mutants and the rest of the United States. We have the planned mutant seed that will hopefully make people feel a little bit more comfortable with mutants. Uh, Tony Stark is helping Kitty Pride getting that out there, the good PR, and the, and working to make sure that everyone doesn't have any reason to fear mutants. Things are not going well, to say the least. There's mysterious you know, you know, United States soldiers appearing. We're not sure who they're working for or what's going on. There's been mysterious explosions in Utopia and destruction of the seed, or was it destruction of the seed? I don't know. Read it, uh, Marvel fans, and you get to find out. Uncanny X-Men number one, another big launch this week from Brian Michael Bendis and Chris Pachalo. This is Cyclops and his team of Magneto, Magic, Emma Frost, and a bunch of new characters spinning off into their own series out of all new X-Men. Cyclops has a new agenda. He's the most wanted man in the Marvel Universe, but he is going to go out and do what he thinks is right. His powers are screwed up. The powers of his team are screwed up. None of them are getting along, but he is still determined to recruit new mutants to bring them in and give them a place to learn his new Charles Xavier school. The structure, the narrative structure here, is that somebody is spilling the beans on Cyclops and talking about one of his recent missions to S.H.I.E.L.D., 
to Maria Hill. We don't know who this is. We find out at the end. It's a huge reveal. It's a very, very cool reveal. It's one that I actually dropped my jaw a little at. Not too much, because I don't want to hurt my jaw. But the thrust of the issue is getting to see Cyclops' new team in action, to hear Cyclops' philosophy, to get a check-in kind of where he stands with Emma Frost, where he stands with Magneto, where he stands with Magic, and we get introduced to even further these new mutants who we've already met in all new X-Men. I can't say too much about this book without revealing the ending, but I'm really excited. It has a completely different feel from all new X-Men, and Cyclops is just such a fascinating character right now, and Bendis seems really eager to dig into him and explore even despite everything that's happened after the death of Charles Xavier, after Avengers of X-Men, after the Phoenix Force, after everything, this is still a guy with a singular vision, and he's not necessarily a villain. He might not be a hero, but we'll find out more. This is just, just a great book that I can't go into detail about, and I'd like to go more into detail about, but just take my word for it, where this is one you don't want to miss. Meanwhile, over in Wolverine, the X-Men number 25 by Jason Aaron and Ramon Perez, it is field trip time. As Wolverine takes a bunch of the kids to the Savage Land, it's a terrible idea. Uh, as you'd expect from Wolverine as a school teacher, there are dinosaurs, there are a bunch of different troubles, and he basically lets the kids run loose, and they're all in a super amount of trouble. We see Beast trying to talk him out of it. That doesn't work. A few things going on back at the school, but really more about the kids who are in the Savage Land, seeing Kid Omega rise up and try to become a leader. Doesn't go well. Find out what's going on with Brew. Some stuff with the Hellfire Club and with Wolverine's brother from way back in the Origin series, Dog, who is now in the present and messing with Wolverine. The real treat here is Ramon Perez's art. Familiar with him on the John Carter miniseries. They actually worked on the same Humphreys. And uh, it's, it translates beautifully here to Wolverine and the X-Men. It's very different. Very different than stuff you'll see out there. This is the first part of a big storyline that Jason and Ramon are going to be folding out. Uh, next, we have X-Men number 41, written by Seth Peck, art by Hefe Paolo. Uh, here, the X-Men, again, are trying to get this high school student, Owen Bax, who just found out he was a mutant, to join the team. But there's a group called the Freedom Force that wants him as well. Um, again, well, first off, the cover is just fantastic. It's a real throwback to the old school X-Men. A lot of people love Everybody, yeah. lo- I'll say everybody loves them. It's Adam um, Hubert doing just a jam of all of his favorite X Men costumes. Yeah, it's great. And you, um, there's a little tie in in the story, obviously, that tells you why some of these characters are involved um, that'll really screw up some people. Um, but the be- the cool thing here is, and I'll never admit this again, Storm is a great <laughs> character in this story. You can really see her um, just continue as a leader of the X Men. Um, while, you know, Cyclops is out doing his own thing. Um, it's good. And finally, we've got Extreme X-Men number 10, written by Greg Pak, art by Steven Segovia. Uh, this is a great story for more uh, history of certain characters in the Extreme X-Men group, especially uh, Scott Cyclops Summers, who here was a corporal in the Union Army. We get more of his backstory, which is really tense and interesting, and a great way to kind of relook at history. Uh, you learn a little bit more about the relationship between Hercules and James and where they come from and what caused the tension, you know, with, within their world and their timeline. Uh, but you also, I enjoyed seeing Dazzler really struggle to prove herself as a leader of the extreme X-Men. Uh, not everyone is really thrilled with Dazzler being the leader, but I think she's doing a great job. Uh, then you have mysterious Nazis led by an evil Charles Xavier. Are they Nazis? They're not Nazis the way we know Nazis. Then why is London underwater? What's going on? Why is Namor popping up? And what does he have to do with anything? There's a lot of mysterious timelines getting mixed up in this one, and it's just it's a ton of fun, and nothing is what you expect it to be. All right, time for Twim of the Week. Blake, let's start with you. Fantastic Four all day. Yeah. Loved it. You're a true romantic. Yeah. <laughs> at heart. Carrie? Cable and X-Force number four. Nice, nice. And I'm going to go with the two new launches for this week, Secret Avengers and Uncanny X-Men. Love them both. I think they're both off to a great start. Very excited to see where those go. You guys send us your own picks for Twim of the Week. Use the hashtag This Week in Marvel on Twitter, and we will reveal yours on our next podcast. Meanwhile, the collections on sale this week include Counter-X, Generation X, Four Days, 
Daredevil by Mark Wade in hardcover, an essential Marvel team-up, Iron Man by Michelini, Leighton, and Romina Jr., that's an omnibus, Marvel First, World War II superheroes, first volume of Scarlet Spider, Thor, The Mighty Avenger, The Complete Collection, Ultimate Spider-Man Adventures, and an Uncanny X-Force hardcover, collecting some of the final issues of the series. Blake, why don't you let us know what is out on the Marvel Comics app digitally? Uh, we have Decimation, House of M, The Day After, number one. Exiles, number 69 through 71. Fantastic Four, House of M, number one through three. House of M, Avengers, numbers one through five. House of M, Masters of Evil, numbers one through four. Iron Man, House of M, numbers one through three. Uh, Mutopia X, numbers one through five. Um, New Thunderbolts, number 11. Pulse, number 10. Spider-Man, House of M, 1 through 5. If you guys didn't catch on, those are all House of M tie-ins. Hey! Yeah, so it's the complete story to a degree of House of M. Hmm. So if you want to read House of M, go on the Marvel Comics app this week. And the digital collection's on sale this week, Carrie? We've got Fear Itself, Avengers, Carnage USA, Defenders by Mac Fraction, Volume 1. Mighty Thor by Matt Fraction, Volume 2, Spider-Man, Trouble on the Horizon, and Ultimate Comics Armor Wars. Of course, the Marvel Comics app is not the only way you can get comics digitally. If you want to head over to Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited on Marvel.com, this week we've got for you the most recent series of Captain America, issues number 7 through 10. We've got Ultimate Comics Ultimates, written by Sam Humphrey, issue number 6. We've got Wolverine the X-Men, Alpha and Omega, issue 2, issue 4, issue five and we've also got the marvel Super, marvel adventure superheroes from 2010 i wish there was a number on this but oh no there it is number 21 yeah. little intern intrigue there and finally we have the marvel holiday comic 2011 special scarlet spider number one and uncanny x-force number 20 and with that blake do you have any stuff this week any any goodies are you going to wait for news? Yeah. All right, then let's cut right over to the Don Juan of the West Coast, Mark Stromy Strom, with What's on TV this week. Hello there. This week in Marvelites, my Twimmers and Twimettes and Twimmighties and, ooh, Twimmighties. I like that, actually. Anyway, this is Marvel.com Associate Editor Mark Strom coming to you from sunny but slightly cold California, well, Los Angeles more specifically, as always, here with the latest in what is on air this week in Marvel TV with the big event in Ultimate Spider-Man that we've been building up to over the past few weeks at the beginning of Season 2 this week, Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Inside Marvel Universe, on Disney XD, Ultimate Spider-Man goes up against the Sinister Six. And the Sinister Six in this series is comprised of the Lizard, Beetle, Craven the Hunter, Rhino, Electro, and a mysterious sixth member that uh, you will have to watch in order to find out. But, of course, we've been introduced to or reintroduced to all of these villains over the course of the previous five episodes, and this is what it has all been leading up to. So, don't miss that. Again, Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Inside Marvel Universe, on Disney XD. And that pretty much covers everything that is uh, on air this week. So with that, I throw you back to Blake and Ben, those two bashful bees, because they're both both of their names start with B. Um, you know, bashful bees. I don't know. I'm sure I, I could come up with some like beehive metaphor here. I'm gonna send you back to the beehive. Uh, in New York, and I will be back again shortly. And we're back. Uh, I know if there's one guy who's going to enjoy Valentine's Day, it's going to be Mark Strom. Mark Strom. That is probably not for this All Ages podcast to find out what he's up to. Blake, why don't you fill us in on what's new in news this week, because you had a very eventful weekend. Uh, We have been dealing with Toy Fair 2013, lots of news from a lot of vendors that we work with. Um, Some big ones are... Hasbro 
We are going to have stories throughout the week on their upcoming toys. There's Iron Man, Ultimate Spider-Man, um, Wolverine, a ton of really cool stuff. It's going to be online this week. We also have a Hasbro Mr. Potato Head line, uh, Thor, um, Iron Man, and Wolverine. Wolverine. And they're really cute and great. So pick those up. Also... We have a Sideshow Spider-Man classic statue. It's beautiful. Um, go online, marvel.com, check out the images. Um, they're great. And last but not least, we have a podcast with uh, Eric Griffin from the show Workaholics. He's a comedian, a huge Spider-Man fan, and we talked for a long time. Cool. Over in the world of comics on Marvel.com, we have got Guardian of the Galaxy, which is, as you would expect, a spotlight on Guardians of the Galaxy with Brian Michael Bendis talking about each of the members, why they have what it takes to be on this team. We have got a special live blog from last week with Karen Gillan where he spilled the beans on what's going to happen with Iron Man, the secret origin of Tony Stark. We released an Age of Ultron trailer, which is very cool. We broke the news that Hulk is going to be appearing in Savage Wolverine, and I spoke to Gene Schaefer about that. A great series last week by Brett White called Uncanny X-Men Revolution. Once again, busy Brian Michael Bendis talking about the characters in that book. We announced that Marvel is going to be making its way back to South by Southwest, the technology expo going on in Texas where we're going to have some huge announcements. And finally, we are branching out in Marvel prose. We're doing some female-oriented literature with some of our female characters. We've got Rogue and She-Hulk are both going to be getting their own prose books. Carrie? I'm excited. I love, love, love She-Hulk, so I will read anything yeah. featuring her. She's one of my favorite characters. Great, but you hate Rogue? I like Rogue. My sister's a big Rogue fan. Yeah. Sister reference. Yeah, there we go. Check it off. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're going to drop it back out to Srami once again to find out how his date went and to also get the latest <laughs> movie and TV news. Hello once more. This week in MarvelLightsMarvel.com, Associate Air Mark Strom back again to tell you about some of the latest in Marvel movie and TV news. The big ticket item this week was, of course, that we had the exclusive premiere of a new poster for Iron Man 3 that featured Don Cheadle as Rhodey in the Iron Patriot armor. It's a really nice, awesome shot. I think uh, we've seen the Iron Patriot armor before in the trailer and the extended look. We've seen some photos of them, but this this. I feel like gives you a much closer look at it, and it looks pretty awesome. So you can check that out right now on Marvel.com. And we also started posting the Marvel Comics Close-Up series. These are a series of interstitials that run in between episodes of Ultimate Spider-Man uh, in Marvel Universe on Disney XD. And they're hosted by Marvel CCO Joe Quesada himself, along with Disney XD's Dylan Riley Snyder. And what they do is they take a story from the comics that has in some way influenced or is meaningful to what's going on in the TV series. And they sort of go behind the scenes and talk a little bit more about the stories that spawned these new animated adventures. So check that out right now on marvel.com. And that pretty much covers everything for news for this week. So again, I send you back to Blake and Ben. Thank you once more for listening, and I wish everyone a great weekend, a great week, and I will speak with you again in seven days. Thanks, Strami. I would never have predicted it would have ended up like that. I can't believe she had a twin sister. Yeah, that's horrible. So, anyways, we are now at our favorite part of the podcast, your questions. Once again, you can reach us on Twitter using the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. You can get us individually at Ben J. Morse, at Blake Garris, at FangirlingDaily, at Strami, at Agent M. But the quickest way to get us a question is to use the hashtag ThisWeekInMarvel. And our first questions this week come from one patriot who says, I want to buy FF Volume 1 through 4. Can I jump right in or do I have to read something else first? I believe he's probably talking about the current FF series, and if that's the case, uh, it is perfectly designed, Marvel Now, so you can just 
jump right in. You don't need to read anything else. If you're talking about the original FF book, um, maybe read Jonathan Hickman's run on Fantastic Four. Jump in there. You'll be greatly rewarded. Another one, I want to read up on Thor and Hulk, backstories and current stories. What trade paperback should I start with? You guys have any suggestions? Favorite Thor and Hulk trade paperbacks? With Thor, I always tend to go with the Walt Simonson Visionaries, because that's my favorite stuff. With Hulk, Peter David Visionaries, that's a good place to go. But There's also uh, Hulk Gray is an awesome story by Jeff Loeb. And then, of course, the Planet Hulk stuff is fantastic. And then just the recent Thor stuff from Matt Fraction, from JMS before that. Carrie, what do you no, think? No, I liked... Um... I have Thor and Loki Blood Brothers. Oh, yeah, that's a good That's one. a really good one for the backstory of the relationship between Thor and Loki since it's so integral to the Thor canon. Yeah, very good call. Thor and Loki Blood Brothers. It's been released a bunch of times. Beautiful art by Saad mm. Rabik. That is awesome. At Wrath Starblade, love the back and forth between Deadpool and Punisher and Thunderbolts. Is this their first team up? No, not by any means, right, Carrie? No, You're a Deadpool expert. I- <laughs> Yeah, they've been together a few times, yep. and uh, Daredevils popped up there a few times when they were yeah. together. Deadpool and Punisher have been together a bunch of times. Uh, go look at the old original Deadpool series. Punisher mm. popped up there a few times. Uh, I'm sure we're forgetting some other places, but that's that's the one I remember that had the cool... Was it Suicide Kings, too? Was he in Suicide Kings? I don't know if he was in Suicide Kings. It's a good uh, question. Wade Wilson's more. But I do remember that uh, there's this great, written by Jimmy Palmiotti with Tim Bradstreet covers... Steve Dillon covers on the old Deadpool series. Mm. It was awesome. Uh, will we be seeing more of Kid Gladiator anytime soon? Uh, Kid Gladiator is actually referenced this week in Wolverine and the X-Men, so it's possible. I would, I would think so. He's a great character. And will Marvel's book for free comic book day be available on the app? Not right away. The idea is to support your local comic book retailer, so we want you to get out there and support your store. So go pick it up in print. Uh, unless I'm completely wrong and we are releasing it on the app, but I would doubt it. I think, you know, maybe down the line it'll be available. But the whole idea of Free Comic Book Day is to go to your local comic book store and interact with fans and, you know, partake in that whole culture. So, buy a lot of stuff. It's Free Comic Book they Day. They need to buy stuff at the stores. Like it's Free Comic yeah, Book Day. Yeah, you get Day. your free comics, but buy things and support the stores. There you go. Blake... Bully Blake Garris is going to beat yeah, you up. You're going to do it, or or else. But buy yeah. Marvel stuff. You look like a. You look like a because you're wearing a tie right now. You look like a. But you also have the hoodie on still. You look Mr. like Mr. Rogers. No, mm. you look like a kind of prep school bully. Yeah, especially when you're yelling. Yeah, you're just like, hey kid, he go buy go of... buy comics or I'm going to swirly you. I look like Mr. Rogers. I was going to say the bully in uh, Karate Kid. Kind of reminds me of like that preppy. Oh yeah, always, always. And uh, sweep the leg. What's his name in um, Pretty in Pink? James Spader. Oh, that's our first and last Pretty in Pink reference of this week (laughs) in Marvel. Uh, Moving on to at Jedi Musketeer, directed at Mark. Will you or any of the This Week in Marvel crew be attending the D twenty three Expo? I'd love to chat with you all. Met Joe Casada last time. Not sure uh, on Mark's travel plans. There's always a chance Ryan could be there. I doubt anyone in this room will be there. Then going that, from Mark to J- from Joe to Mark. That's from. Is that a step up or a step down? <laughs> going from steak to fish. <laughs> steak to fish. People like fish. Oh uh, right. Yeah, that makes no That'd sense. Don't be like steak going from to like not steak. going from like filet mignon to fish. <laughs> At B M Allen, Benjamin Allen, eighty-seven. Will there be any features on Marvel.com about the Hasbro reveals at Toy Fair 2013? Will there? Yeah, yes. you just said there will there be. Will exactly. Be. <laughs> so there will be. Blake's got you covered. At Brad the YM, will we find out Steve Rogers' connection to Smasher's grandpa in the near future? Uh, that was alluded to in last week's Avengers. Will we? In the words of Blake Garris, will we? I don't know, maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, that might be just kind of a cool wink, wink, nod, nod, but... It, it could be a cool story. Another one from Brad the YM. Got the annual from Avengers Assemble because of This Week in Marvel. What happened to young Avengers Vision? Oh, Brad. Uh, read Avengers the Children's Crusade. Things did not go well. Oh. I'm, I'm sorry in advance, but it's a good story. <laughs> Finally, from Brad the YM. Are you guys still doing DDP yoga? Just did my first diamond cutter workout. Lost 10 pounds. 
In one workout? Wow. Yeah, I don't. That's I, dangerous, I was, dude. Like, I that's saw not this, good. I saw this walking down the street, and I was like, "Did you get your leg cut off <laughs> while you were doing this? I mean, you were walking down the street reading these questions? Yeah, Come on your phone. One person's yeah. leg. No, on a person. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, are we still doing DDP yoga? Are we? I'm still doing DDP yoga. I did it. I did it not yesterday, but the day before. I did blow the belt for the first time in a while. I did it yesterday, today, Sunday, Saturday. You're just uh, a DDP fool, yeah, aren't you? Did it this morning. Yeah, I've been I've been turning other people on to uh, DDP yoga. Not Carrie because she hates physical fitness. No, I just I would love to do DDP. Blake tried to DDP teach yoga. Carrie DDP yoga one time at my house. It didn't uh, go I had well. Had them all over. He's not a good teacher. He was a great teacher. You yep. did a great. You did a great job. Well, maybe if my coworkers here lent me the DVDs, I would love to do DDP yoga. Then we couldn't. Yoga. Then. Why don't you? Just you should have it memorized. Why at don't this you point? just buy them for yourself? Yeah. 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 Why are you bilking DDP? Exactly. Uh, but Brad, not cool. Welcome. Welcome to, to the, the family. Club. Welcome to the club. At Immortal Thor, like I say club, and you're like family. Because <laughs> yeah. you're a much better guy. At Immortal Thor 99, I was just reading some old comics, and Ultimate 6, number 7, there's an ad for a Daredevil video game. What happened to this? It came out in like 2003. <laughs> it was based on the movie. It's fantastic. What? I didn't play it. <laughs> is it like a Sega? What is that? Sega e- regular Xbox? It was, I don't even know. Because at, t- at the time I was in college and I had like my friend's old N64, so I couldn't play anything. That was regular Xbox. Maybe, I don't know. I was in college. I've never had an Xbox. Wow. I went straight from 64 to a, to a Wii. Yeah. Wow. Awkward in here. But yeah, it, it came out. Uh, you can probably find it at GameStop or something for 50 cents. Great value. <laughs> For the next Quinjet update in Avengers Alliance, how about making them a two-seater and the heroes can split the XP? That's Ooh. a pretty cool idea. It'd be very helpful. Except, do you have any? Will you have any heroes left to go on missions if you have them all on deploys? Mm. Interesting. Can we please, please, please get a voice for Deadpool in Avengers Alliance, especially with this game coming? It would rock. It would rock. That's a cool idea. Uh, no plans that I know of. If you want, Blake can record all the voices for you. And I was say I should do it. Carrie and Blake can record all the voices for you and uh, send them send them to you. I'll do it. No, I'll do it. You'll get to hear this in your own home. What a dream. It's my life. Is there any reason the Ultimate Spider-Man DVD skips episodes and does not contain any of the Venom episodes? Not sure. That's more of a question for Strami. If I had to guess, um, probably they want to keep all of the Venom episodes together for a later release or something like that. But don't quote me on that. At Snooze Machine. That's a great name. I like that. Kendrick. The previews in X-Men look like Jubilee might have her powers back. Ironic. A light-shooting vampire. Uh, you're going to have to read X-Men to find out if that's the case. That would be ironic. Like well, a vamp- not, She's not shooting sunlight. Fireworks. That's not sunlight. Would fireworks kill a vampire? I don't think so. It's sunlight. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? It's, it's, like, it's, it's like rain. It's, this is... Our- been in my thing, Carrie. Yeah. Then how come you looked at me when you, you said that? You did look right at her you when looked, you said it. Right in the you eye. knew it was, was very, ben very misleading. Ben and I like to sing. We do like to sing on this. And you ruined yeah. it. You looked in my eyes and Isn't said, "Isn't it ironic, like eye? you looking at Carrie when you actually want me to talk?" It's like rain on your wedding day. Uh, another one from at Snooze Machine. What do you think would happen if Young Scott and Jean from All New X Men met their kids, Rachel and Cable, Rachel, Nate, and Cable? So X Men as well. I think that'd be awesome. Mm. That's like a great plot. You're a genius, Snooze Machine. <laughs> you have a great Twitter name. And you're coming up with awesome plot ideas. I'm gonna Brian Michael Bendis is here today. I might I might go and tell him that. Or maybe Carrie will. Okay. Okay, I'll do whatever. I don't I care. I wouldn't. It's probably not a good idea. Yeah. Alright, never mind. Sorry, like, Snooze, Snooze Machine. He doesn't like you. He's never met me. Exactly. He'll like me. Mm. Yeah. Everyone likes me. Mm. Final one from Snooze Machine. Do you know if after AVX and No More Phoenix, are the depowered mutants repowered? Uh, the depowered mutants did not all get their powers back in the aftermath of AVX, no. Uh, people like the Blob or the other characters who lost their powers. It's possible some of them got them back, but we're going to see case by case. It's more that new mutants are being activated, but we haven't seen any old depowered mutants get their powers back yet. It's a good question, though. At Hawkeye UK, I'm looking to retrain for a new job and just out of interest, what Marvel related branches are there in the UK? Oh, I was Hashtag actually, dream job. I was just talking about the Marvel London office tonight. Yeah, there's an office in London. Yeah, and it's it's kind of tiny, but there's definitely, if you go on DisneyCareers.com and put in your location that you're looking for specifically, it'll pop up. 
you know, yeah. as existing. I don't know what's Good there right you. now. Good luck to you, Pete. Yeah. There's there's a London office, and I have often wondered where what is in it. So I'm with you. They won't tell us. No. Another one from Pete. Who do you use in your Avengers Alliance PvP teams when playing an AFK? I don't know what AFK Me means. Neither. Do you hip kids know that? No. All right, so we're going to ignore the second part of your question. My PvP team is uh, Colossus and Doctor Strange. Because Colossus, I got him all buffed up with his uh, alternate uniform, and Doctor Strange is awesome because he's got healing spells and can target a bunch of people at once. I am Hulk and Iron Man, but I'm planning on switching Valkyrie out with really? one oh. of them because I finally have her at 12. Nice. They have only three at 12. So, you know. So. I do. Are you done? Yes. I do Hulk and Deadpool. You've only got like three characters, so. Slim pickings. Why do you have to be like that? I'm just. You're like level bringing three. It ba- bringing it back, no, I'm not bringing level it back three to reality. Team. I'm at level like. Yesterday, Carrie nine. asked us, why, what am I supposed to do with all this ISO? When everyone else yeah. wants ISO yeah. horribly. I why do you guys want this? Yeah. I what? This is, looks so stupid. Yeah. It's just a little bubble, a little <laughs> canister of bubbles. Can't even throw it it's at like, people. I can't throw it. It's like a bubble bath. <laughs> Listeners, do I really sound like that? Please let me know on What Twitter. if it's just a flood of yes? <laughs> <laughs> Did that just break you? That's like I couldn't tell who was talking. Uh, Listen, you swarma, because it's pretty. Oh, yeah, she wants shawarma. It's a shit. prettier than looks the good. ISO. Looks like fancy potpourri. <laughs> Delicious. All right. At Ref Gemlin. Oh. Thanks for the answer. Thanking Ryan here. Thanks for the answer to my entering codes app query, Ryan. I appreciate you explaining it. Well, you know, when Ryan's here, he usually takes all the credit for everything. So I'm going to say, you're welcome from us. Ryan <laughs> yeah. had nothing to do with that. We just imitated his voice. Congratulations. Also from... Ref Gemlin, that's or from Squirrel Boy, Dirty Lash. Someone said that's one of the best things about this week in Marvel that you get detailed answers like that. Exclamation! Detailed answers from us, Ben Blake and Carrie. Yeah. Another question from Ref Gemlin. Back in Avengers during the heroic age issues, Kill Raven appears and stays in the present. Have we seen him since? We have not, but he's still out there. And uh, given that Brian Michael Bendis is dealing with all sorts of alternate universes and time travel and all that junk and all new X-Men, who knows? Maybe Kill Raven will play a role. Or maybe we'll never see him again. It's probably one of the two. Or something else. Finally, from at Ref Gemlin, after this spec op in Avengers Alliance, will magnetic lockboxes serve a purpose or can we spend them all now? That's a great question. From what I think is you can, I would say open ten at a time. Yeah. Don't wait to open all ten. But like, what if you're left with like three at the end? Are they just useless? Oh, is that what he means? Yeah, he's saying after Um, the spec ops over, do they still work? Do they still do anything? Well, you you should open them to get all the crap inside. Yeah, but you should normally wait till you have ten. But what if it's like you have like an hour left before the spec op ends, and you have two lockboxes left? Should you open them, or will there still be a way to get more lockboxes after so you can go to ten? It's a good question. They, I don't think we have the answer. It looks like they could keep. They could turn them over. I think. I, I think you should keep them. Personally, yeah, because I feel like they always design it so they don't waste stuff. In They'll roll lines. it over till the yeah. next. It'll it'll come box, in handy so. later. That's my advice. Yeah, could be wrong. Could be horribly wrong. At Simon Sebs, what is your favorite Marvel Now title so far? Which upcoming Marvel Now title are you most looking forward to? Blake, you got a favorite Marvel Now tar- title? Ooh. FF this week. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> And what are you looking forward to? Uh, the, the upcoming? Yeah. Uh, uh, I don't know. You don't know? Great answer. Carrie? Um, Age of Ultron? It's not a Marvel Now title, Marvel but congratulations. Now. I'm looking forward to that, though. Well, good. I All think right. that's great. It's good to have something to look forward to. My favorite Marvel Now titles are uh, Deadpool and Young Avengers. Uh, upcoming, I was really looking forward to the... Um, Uncanny X-Men, which came out this week, which I guess isn't upcoming. Not the all-female X-Men book? I am excited for that, too, but I was really... Captain Feminism? That's my new nickname for you. That's fine. I like that. I am Captain Feminism. Yeah! As I should be my Twitter name. Uh, I really like Iron Man, Thor God of Thunder, Young Avengers, Avengers. I like all of them. They're all great, and I'm really excited for uh, Nova. 
for Guardians oh, of the yeah. Galaxy and for X-Men. I think they're all going to be You're really right. good. In honor of St. Valentine's Day, who is your favorite oh. Marvel couple of all time? Reverse the order. So Carrie goes first. Uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch. Ooh, good mm-hmm. answer. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Deadpool and you. Well, that is you're in my head. Delusional. I am delusional, much like Deadpool. It's why we make such a great couple. Blake, uh, I would say none of them because they all end up breaking up and breaking my heart. Not except for North Star and what's his face. Oh, good old what's his face. Yeah, yeah, you definitely care about Kyle. His, Kyle, those two, if they stick it out, they will be. What about Hulkling Storm and, and um, no? What about Reed Richards and Sue? They're Sue. still together. They've been together yeah. for like seventy years. hundred years. years. Yeah, maybe. Horrible buzzing sound coming from somewhere in the area. We're probably about, there's probably a saw like cutting through the car. My favorite Marvel couple of all time is the classic seminal couple from New Warriors, Nova and Amarita. You guys love them too, I know. <laughs> they're my favorite couple when I was a kid, and they're awesome. And Nova was the coolest, and I had a huge crush on Amarita when I was eight, and they were great. And they should still be together, and Nova should still be alive. Oh. Single tear just rolled down my cheek. Uh, we're gonna finish up with at Dreamy Robot, another great Twitter name. Do you think Quasar will return with the rebirth of Cosmic Marvel? Good question. We don't know. He's we in the he's out there with the Annihilators right now, but the Annihilators have kind of gone their separate ways because they're all doing their own thing. So we'll see, we'll see. And finally, your favorite Ultron storyline since Age of Ultron is happening this year. For me gotta be Ultron Unlimited by Kurt Busiek and George Perez in Avengers. Ultron destroys a whole third world country. The Avengers go and fight him. There are amazing moments. George Perez's art is great. There's this great part where Ultron thinks he's won. The Avengers look like they're dead and then they bust through his wall and they're all like torn up from battle and stuff and Thor just goes, Ultron, we would have words with thee. Oh, I do remember that. You were like two. No, I mean I read that not too long ago. Yeah. I mean, you were like three when it came out. All right, fine. So I can't have read it. No, it was like 2000, so you were like five. You're right. I was four and a half, actually. You guys have favorite Ultron stories? Blake doesn't know who Ultron is. The new one. (laughs) No, I read, I remember, I recently read, I think it was Avengers Classics, where they do the backstories, or the origins, Avengers Origins, of... Vision. Oh, good one. Yeah. Which I loved, and they you see the beginning of Vision and Ultron's creation of him, and their very tense robot relationship uh, was really good. All robot relationships are tense. That's yeah. the nature of these. All right, we've come to the end of another episode of This Week in Marvel. Thank you all for tuning in. Remember to get us your questions using the hashtag This Week in Marvel on Twitter. Thank you, Carrie, for all you contributed. Thank you, Blake. Uh, thank you, Sam Humphreys and Ryan, for their drop-in cameo. And Strami, good luck looking for love in all the wrong places. Till next time, this is Marvel, your universe. <laughs>